All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another edition. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast. Dan, one of your hosts here. No, Brandon, because the birthday boy gets the presence of not having to talk about the <laughs> Dortmund match, the final match of Chelsea's preseason that we had a chance to watch. No, Craig Burley. No pitch conversation. Brandon is just enjoying life, so it's me and Nick on a little LIBP after dark. And Nick, we're recovered somewhat from all of our preseason travels, but we had to get a little bit of a conversation in on this episode, on this match that just transpired. That's right. Uh, you all know that Brandon's initials are BBB. The middle B stands for birthday. Um, and what a gift that we just received on Brandon's birthday. A tremendous uh, affair on a terrible pitch. We're just going to come out and say it. It was awful. We're glad no one got seriously injured. Knock on wood for Nkunku. But, uh, yeah, unfortunate uh, scenes in Chicago. And uh, sorry to all those who made the trip out to, to see the pitch bobble a little bit on him. That's a, it's a tough look, Dan. Yeah, Soldier Field was not necessarily the place you wanted to play or the location you wanted to be at on this Wednesday, August the 2nd. But look, we have a lot that we're going to talk about. We're going to give our three-word preseason review, talk about what actually happened in the match, which will be a very short part of this show, really talking about the who impressed and who won preseason. And we'll try to come down with one response for each of us, even though I'm sure we will talk about who our second and third place choices are for runner-ups as we do. Talk about the areas that still concern us after watching now five preseason matches and get a little bit of a transfer news roundup before we send you off on this one. And so, Nick, I'm going to throw it to you, but I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about it with a preseason three-word review because we did get some from the people. People responded very quick. Again, we're recording this 25 minutes after full-time, after they canceled the penalties and decided they weren't going to do it. Craig Burnley was actually able to speak something into existence. And we had things from uh, Loco Coco Papa Pops with Last Chance Salone <laughs> with the uh... one-word combination. Very, very good. Brent with the Fit, Fast, Furious. Trying to make reference, maybe, to a popular movie franchise there. I like that one. That was good. But Hess with the We Back Up, which I think was the general vibe of preseason. And who doesn't love a little bit of a wire reference, as we are very much want to do? Omar is coming, baby. Let's go. Uh, CFC Opinions with Relit My Fire. I think there was a lot of re-engagement and passion mm. brought back into Chelsea and Chelsea supporters after watching it. Uh, the, how the preseason went on. Trolls with Very Good Meal. We're getting a little bit of a throwback to last summer. And uh, that feels maybe not the right type of tone, but, you know, the meals were good. We had good meals on the trip, so I guess that tracks. So I gave you enough time. Do you have a three-word preseason review? I do. Uh, road Ooh. trip vibes. Uh, <laughs> vibes are high. It was a big road trip. It was five cities in two and a half weeks. But uh, feels like we're coming out of this with a lot more answers uh, to the questions that we had. Ooh, I like that. I think I'll also give you a little bit of a movie reference in mind, which was not a hangover. And mm. this was a party. This was a celebration. But to your point, the vibes are very strong. And I don't think there's a lot of coming down from what we saw in this preseason from Chelsea. Chelsea have done a job. We've seen 
individual players stack performance on performance on performance to get better throughout the preseason. We've seen some transition from one position to now being depth in another position. It's been a really strong and positive preseason, and Chelsea went unbeaten throughout all of it, which is another very rare thing for Chelsea to have a preseason where they win a bunch of games and then are also unbeaten too. So all in all, this one feels very, very good. Yeah, it does. I mean, and and I think... Yeah, we're kind of talking about the preseason as a whole now that it is mercifully uh, complete. Um, again, this was a this is two matches more than last preseason, right? And we all know the difficulties of last preseason. There were some difficulties with this as well, but the preparation feels different. The team has completely been turned upside down. You know, bar a few players who are probably still on their way out, and a few that may come in that we'll talk about at the end of the show. And it feels like uh, Aura FC <laughs> is is uh, is back in play, and you know I think that's due to the injection of new energy. I think there was you know has been a few players who have been kind of let loose a little bit to go do what they do best, and you know a new manager and new structure that has these guys fit enough to play the style that they want to play now. Are we going to talk about a whole lot of match specifics from this one? No, because it was frankly uh, played at a pace that wasn't necessarily like super high or super involved. I think there were a lot of players who were probably just out there so they didn't get fined or they didn't get hurt. But uh, at the end of the day, if you think about the the comparison, Dan, that we have from the last preseason, it's night and fucking day. Yeah, th- this is not Orlando Arsenal for... Chelsea nil. This is a much different ending and capstone to their U.S. trip. And I think even generally the Chelsea staff look to be in better spirits as we saw them throughout multiple stops on the tour this year versus how it was last year. So really nice to see that transition. We want to talk about a couple things about the match. Before we do that, we just want to always say thank you to the wonderful people who support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Great way to support the show. Those are free ways, though. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you don't know, I'm sure Nick would love to fill you in that we got really good news from Spotify this morning when we woke up. Yeah, it was very, very cool. We didn't see this coming. They didn't. They didn't send us a text beforehand. We just kind of woke up to it in the States. And uh, Spotify put together a list of the top Premier League fan podcasts. And, and we are, of course, Chelsea's representative, which is fantastic. Um, there are plenty of other uh, great Premier League shows, too, if you're looking to do some advanced scouting on our opponents this year so that we we bury them. But, uh, but yeah, look, very grateful to everyone who listens to us on Spotify and, and helps us shoot up the ranks. We've had a ton of five-star reviews on that platform. And, you know, it's just like being in person and seeing everyone for the last two weeks. It's incredibly validating to get that sort of feedback from a platform that, you know, outside of Apple Podcasts is, is the biggest platform uh, for podcasts in the world. And, uh, you know, I think, Dan, you know, the, the good news train is coming. We just had a massive month of downloads. We're going to start sharing more of that information with you guys because, you know, good news, uh, is good news regardless of, of what it is. And, um, you know, over 360,000 downloads for the month of July. Like, you guys are are really, really helping us do a, a job here, and, and we cannot thank you enough for all the support. 
and one of our best months on YouTube, as well as we continue to pass by that 25,000 mark. I think it's around 25,000. 200 something we'd love to hit 26,000 by the time the Premier League season starts you can help do us do that as well again another free way to support your hopefully favorite Chelsea podcast but again we're going to talk about some of the things with this match and Nick I promised you because I said you were allowed to talk about it for 30 seconds that we could talk about the state of the pitch the pitch that Ed Sheeran created I'll give you <laughs> Two things to kickstart it, which were three-word match reviews from a wonderful Discord community. Chris L. with Grass Wasn't Greener and <laughs> TK Lote with Pitch Gave Everything. So I will now allow you to go on your 30-second rant on the state of the pitch, and then we can talk about maybe some more technical specifics of the game. I already did a bunch at the beginning of the show, so I, I will just make it a, a quick thing. It's not acceptable. Okay, it's just not acceptable. If you're going to host a sporting event, you can't do it right after a concert if the pitch is that bad. I would have called this game off if I were the FC series based on the way the pitch is. We don't know what Nkunku's injury is going to be, but if it's anything serious, it's Ruben vibes in New England. And uh, you could say that, you know, the pitch in Chicago really sandbagged us uh, due to the amount of sand that was in there. Uh, Ollie Glanville was making tons of sand references in our WhatsApp, but, uh, but yeah, just the rest of the pitches that we played on were fine this preseason. They were fine. They weren't, you know, phenomenal, but they were fine. This was not. Uh, Guerrilla marketing for Dune 2 in theaters this fall. <laughs> Look, I think the other thing pregame that was interesting that had a lot of people talking was the fact that Reese James was captain Second time now that Reese James would be captain in a match that Thiago Silva was also on, and both Chilwell and Thiago have been on the pitch. Pochettino did clarify post-match, as we get in these comments in as we're talking, on whether James was officially taking the armband ahead of Silva. He said, no, I said, not yet, not yet. It's still 10 days until the first game. I don't know if we're going to change what Reese is a possibility. So being a little coy, but it feels like two times in a row now, Look, uh, once is just random, twice is a bit of a, a, a pattern building, and so it'll be interesting to see if that does carry forward. But look, the armband seems to suit him well, Nick. Yeah, it was it was interesting, too, when they did the trophy raise in D.C. for uh, winning the Premier League Summer Series, which, unlike other clubs, we are not going to celebrate as a real trophy. Okay, Tottenham? So just a heads up on all that. Um that Tiago Silva kind of just like guided him up there, you know, and, and didn't, you know, do the, the trophy race until Reese had already, already kind of lifted it. And, it, you know, look, I don't think it's very hard to tell who's going to be captain at this point. Like Poch can slow play it all he wants. I think the only thing that would stop Reese from being captain at this point is if he has some sort of injury or whatever, which knock on wood very audibly, we hope he does not. So, that is just my my kind of quick take on that. You know, Tiago seemed to be uh, very comfortable just kind of playing, uh, you know, vice captain or whatever it was this evening. So on a difficult night for the players, on a difficult night for Chelsea, on a night where we were going to have penalties and they got called off, who were one or two of the players that impressed you with their performances on the pitch? I mean, it was a little tough, frankly, to gather. I mean, Nico Jackson continues to stand out for me. You know, it, it, unlucky to not score two goals in this game. Uh, frankly, to hit a couple of the Dortmund players pretty square. 
uh, on the night. But look, it just it's not it's not only the goal scoring, it's the passing, it's the movement, it's the tracking, it's the tackling. You know, you're you're getting it all from this guy, and it's something that really you know I don't think anyone really knew what we were going to get. You know, at least as a supporter, not not someone on the technical staff, obviously. Uh, with him and it just being in person, seeing the way that he was running and, and making things for other players. I mean, it, it just was really, really tremendous this preseason. And it's just, you know, again, on a night like tonight where the, the pitch is bobbly and you don't know where the ball is going to necessarily bounce and players are, I think, a little bit hesitant to do everything they would do on a normal pitch. He continued to just kind of drive uh, the ball forward and had a, had a nearly miraculous run that just one slight touch maybe takes him out of, of shooting range. And so, uh, yeah, just cannot be impressed enough with uh, with Nico Jackson. So I think another one that continued to pre- impress again, and this is the stacked performances that I mentioned earlier. I think this was another really strong performance for Connor Gallagher. I think he is finding himself even in a little bit more of a deeper role playing just kind of a all-around great center mid performance. I think there's the times where he is making really critical interceptions in the box. He's in extremely exceptional condition right now. Like his level of physical fitness, the way he was moving around some of the Dortmund players, and this has been the trend over the past couple of games, so it's going to sound repetitive because we keep on talking about it, but... This Chelsea side keeps on looking fitter than their opponents every single week. We're a week or or two or maybe even beyond now ahead of where these other teams, some elite European competition are. And maybe the pinnacle of that is someone like Conor Gallagher, who is showing that he is ready for Pochettino's intense style of play, that he can find himself in a multitude of different midfield positions and contribute. I think maybe the question is this game, because he was a little further back, maybe was not necessarily as involved in any type of goal-contributing actions, but I just think in general, showing that he was comfortable in that pivot, giving Poch another thought about how he can use Connor, is a really, really good sign. Yeah, I would also talk about Levi Colwell on the night, who I thought was tremendous. Uh, new boy, uh, new contract, new everything. Uh, committed to the club for an additional six years, a five plus one uh, deal, and took some really cool pictures in downtown Chicago to celebrate it. Um, I think uh, wrote a nice, uh, you know, although it, it you know, it was a little frustrating. Chelsea fans just do the Brighton shenanigans right now. Wrote a nice post about Brighton and, and you know, tried, you know, that was basically the signal that he's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of reporting yesterday on, on his new deal. But, boy, he looks good back there. I mean, some of the balls over the top uh, on the left wing, whether, you know, that was Nkunku or whether that was Mudrik, uh, were great. Some of the outlet balls to Chilwell were great. So just some of the composure, you know, for, for a young guy, he is, uh, he's just beyond his years and he could have had a brace. He could have had a brace. He made two really critical back post runs. Uh, one in the first half, one in the second half that it, if he just puts a solid power knee on that thing, the ball's in the back of the net. And so, uh, so yeah, I, you know, I know there are a bunch of people who are like, he's saving it for Liverpool. God willing. That would be amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I just Levi Colwell, uh, first of all, congratulations on uh, 
on officially uh, kind of solidifying your future at the best club in the world. Second of all, we cannot wait to see you play against Liverpool. Yeah, the the brace was it would have been very interesting considering the way he got into those positions, the balls over the top. I mean, the fact that we did score off of an assist from another set piece. So it was the Enzo-headed assist to uh, a new Money Mace Bursto, as it were. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, very, very interesting. And this team should be scoring goals from set pieces. We do have a couple of players who are very, very tall, very athletic, and can put themselves into strong positions in these type of areas. And so I would not be surprised if Levi... Silva and others become significant contributors and significant for a center back, I think is like somewhere in the three to five goals per individual range this season. We'd that take would it, be right? Exactly what we need for your theory, Nick, of the collective team needs to get us to 70, 75 goals this season. Yeah. And I mean, huge congratulations to Mason Bursta for scoring his first senior goal, right? I mean, that has to be a special feeling. I can't imagine how much more special it would be to kind of do it in the waning minutes of a match um, that that you have to draw, you know? Um, but, you know, really excited for, for Mason. I mean, he has done a lot of running when he's come on and hasn't had a whole lot of service necessarily to get shots off and stuff like that. The fact that he does that with one of his first touches of the game is tremendous. And again, this is what the preseason is for, right? The preseason is for testing out players to see what they're made of, Right. I think the final person I would kind of throw into the holy crap, they impressed me category is a consistent name again, and that is Malaguso. Yeah. I, boy, I can't get enough of this kid. I, I am really excited about what he can do for Chelsea this year. Um, and you know, I think what surprised me about him is not the, you know, not the passing, which we know was good or anything like that. It's the physicality, man. He's bodying people. He is... He's taken the the Reese James, uh, you know, Hulk smash course uh, very quickly over the summer, and it is really, really apparent that he is bulked up, that he is not taking um, any shit from anybody on the field, and it's, you know, combine that with some of his technical flair, Dan, you have yourself a real special player. It's going to be really interesting to see how Potch uses him if Reese is healthy all year, because it's like. You you have a good one there. You, you need to get them minutes. You, in a perfect world, to maintain Gusto's development and to keep Reese fit, would plan on using one sub per match for Reese James into Gusto. That 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 would just be to me would feel like a very smart decision. Now, does that mean twenty minutes? Does that mean twenty five minutes? So you're talking about somewhere in the six to maybe 700-minute range if he just became the super sub for Reese James over the course of the season. And I'm sure, because Reese James has not yet proven that he can play a perfect season uh, in regard to injuries, probably ends up getting more than that. So it actually feels like we really have done a good job in terms of underwriting Reese James this season to have a very, very capable backup there. And that's an exciting thing to have in place. But we're going to take our very first and quick ad break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about who won preseason. And we'll try to choose this one player each. We will try. That's the key. Chelsea? We'll be right back. Did Chelsea win? Chelsea won a lot. We'll be right back. 
All right. So as Nick was alluding to, Chelsea did win preseason, or at least won the Premier League Summer Series tournament. I don't think we won anything from the FC Series or the random Dortmund match that we were involved in. But the players, Nick, the players. We have to pick a player for what apparently I'm being told at D.C., DC believed it was the Ross Barkley player of the preseason award. I think I found out Raleigh, it was the Victor Moses player of the preseason award. So I think we're just going to, we're going to take that as a draw and we're going to say moving forward, (laughs) it's just the player of the preseason, LIBP's player of the preseason award. Who is on your list? Who's your top three? And then give me your, your actual winner. I'll let, I'll give you the grace there because I know you're going to, you're going to have to talk, talk yourself through a few names. Uh, we could call it the LIBP VMRB player of the season. <laughs> Just all the letters. It'll be Is awesome. that a consulting agency? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we only get one choice a piece. One choice. Is that the rule? Oof. One a piece. You can, you give me your top, you can give a top three. You can give runner ups if you want. You have two runner ups okay. and, and the winner. All right. Well, my, my first runner-up is Ian Matson, who I think did absolutely everything that was asked of him in a forward role, never playing in defense, very interestingly. Um, thought that that was a, a fascinating thing there. Uh, my second runner-up, uh, it's tough because I, I wanted to... You know, there's just so many players that you want to choose from, but I think just based on performances and what he was asked to do early, Malagusto w- would make my, my second runner up. And then it's tough because I'm leaving out in Kunku, but I, Nico Jackson wins the, the preseason for me. Mentality monster, goal scorer, assister. Uh, it just, it j- everything is clicking. And I think like the reason I would give it to him is we have been so hungry for a goal scoring number nine and we might have one. Uh, and, and just, I, I absolutely love, you know, watching him play. He's vaulted up the, who is Nick, who's, who's going to be Nick's favorite player rankings, uh, this preseason. So, uh, Ooh. Nico Jackson wins the preseason for me. Might there be a sneaky Jersey choice when they finally start shipping mid August? If, if he, if he stays 43, yeah, <laughs> don't move to nine, Nico, please save yourself. Well, a couple from the audience. We did a quick snap poll on Twitter after we watched the match conclude. Janique had the, I think, maybe perfect answer. It was Chelsea fans. Nice that we feel a lot of positivity going into the season. That is the uh, tricky sneak answer there. Uh, Now, a very good friend that we met in person, Mike Murphy, who crosses out Jackson to put Gusto in, which was a bit of a switch there. He had plenty of people saying Jackson, plenty of people saying Matson, a few people with some shouts for Andre Santos, a mm-hmm. Gallagher call. I do think that you are correct in that Ian Matson is in the conversation. I think he absolutely showcased an ability to be influential anywhere he was played, whether that was left wing or right wing or center mid. So he had an opportunity to play in a lot of different positions and never in the position that we saw him at in play for Burnley or other teams prior to this season, maybe before, you know, last time he was was in the academy. So this was a really, really nice thing to see that he is going to be a consistent player that he's played himself into Poch's plans. And 
unless I think an amazing bid were to come in at this point, like he just is penciled in as a part of the solution set for Pochettino at this moment. I think the second one for me, I, I do like Gusto. I think he is a very, very strong shout. I think Andre Santos shades it just slightly for me as the inclusion in this runner-up pool. I think it gives you a lot of questions about if you have to go with that defensive mid, if you have to go with someone who drops a little bit deeper in that center-back pairing. Again, I think he's not a natural defensive mid. I think he was just as impactful playing further forward. But if you're talking about a pivot you can build on for the future, Enzo and and Andre Santos is a very interesting conversation for me. I think it would be something I'd like to see more of throughout the season. I think staying would be absolutely great for him in terms of continuing to test him against Premier League opposition and try to level him up on an advanced course trajectory. And then I, I do think it's no other player than Nico Jackson for player of the preseason. Comes in off of the deal from Villarreal, first signing of the summer. A lot of questions about what his contribution level might be. And although he didn't score... In this game, and they're, you know, yeah, had opportunities. Maybe one went a little too high. Maybe another went a little wide. Um, one went directly into the the chest of the keeper. The fact, like his runs are great. His interchange is great. The way he's always continuing to move around the box, not stopping any of his runs. It's that constant momentum, the constability for his giving his teammates an opportunity to find him is very very exciting. I think still think that's why we have quite maybe some questions about like, well, who do we pair in that striker pool? Is Broya and, and Bursto or enough, or would you want to maybe go add in the market? We know that those conversations aren't going. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but it feels like the winner of the LIBP Alphabet Soup Award for Player of the Preseason is none other than Nico Jackson, the man himself. Insert applause Look, music here, Jake. C- come claim your prize whenever you want it. Um, it is, uh, it's a great thing. And, and look, Nkunku, not on either list, was great. Santos, not on my list. Colwell, not on any list. Uh, you know, I think Chilwell's played relatively well in the preseason. Um, you know, you look at, you know, players like Thiago Silva and Trev Chalba who played well. Uh, Mudrick not on any list, and he showed some bright sparks, but didn't didn't play necessarily enough to qualify. I think, and you know we're still missing some pieces, right? So there's a lot to be excited about in this. You know, there's some great moments from Cassidy and, and Chukwemeka as well. So look, I, you know, again, you you only gave me three choices. I made the three, but uh, there's a lot of players that that we'll see a lot of minutes this year. You underline the right point that the fact that we are in the, the year 2023, a year removed from the 2022 preseason, and we're now splitting hairs and trying to figure out how we can give more praise to the players we saw during this preseason versus last preseason, where we really struggled to identify who those top performers are going to be. That is a phenomenal year-over-year change for this Chelsea yep. side. We're not talking about players who don't want to be here, aren't happy, on bad contracts, a bite for a few that still have to be resolved. This is transformative. 
And I do think there's a lot of criticism around the, the board and the directors for things that they still haven't gotten done. But they have helped us get into a position with hiring the right manager, recruiting some great players, building upon the talent we already have to get us feeling excited again. The work isn't done, and we should still continue to hold a high bar of what, what that work getting done looks like and what that remains to be done. But this is a much better place to be in. And it feels so good to be ending preseason in this way. Yeah, exactly. And and I think as we as we transition, there are also some players that maybe didn't impress in the preseason. And, and we should talk about that because I think it directly impacts some of the transfer discussion that we have coming up, Dan. Who, which, I'll give you two. Two players that you want to, you know, see a lot more out of. What are your two and why? Two players I want to see more out of when it comes to the start of the season. Yes. So I love, I would love for Nani Matawake to get healthy enough so that I could see anything from him. That was mm. a very unfortunate timed injury to not get any opportunity to see him this preseason. Uh, so I, I don't think that's necessarily just a knock on him. It's just a matter of the fact that, like, without getting any time to assess, I think it's just it's made his job that much harder getting back into the side when he's fit because now Pochettino is thinking about match day one, match day two, who's going to be ready, who's going to be healthy. And I think the other player that I have felt better about in the last two games, Albite, I don't think he's where he would want to be and I don't think where he, he's where he needs to be. But even on a terrible pitch, I thought some of the runs that Sterling was making – how he was pushing the ball forward, how he was getting balls in the box, not always the right decision, but he was showing me a little more in this match than he had shown, I think, the beginning of preseason. The fitness is not in question. I think it's the decision-making that's in question and building a rhythm, building comfort with Nkunku and Jackson and others so that there's a chemistry there. Like, we are going to need to see more because it feels as if this is the lineup that we're going to see against Liverpool Albite maybe one or two changes from transfers, incoming or outgoing. And so I, I feel like Sterling is just going to start against Liverpool. And so he needs to show me more, and he needs to show Poch more, because I think his his position will be under threat. Yeah, I think the two for me are pretty conclusive. And one is Kukurea, who did not have a great preseason, if we're, if we're honest you know, about it. Consistently ran out of position, was responsible for a couple of goals, you know, was trusted a lot early, was not trusted a lot late. And I think that's probably for good reason. Rumors that he might be sold. I don't know. You know, again, it's a really hard contract to move. But for a player of his experience, right, 24 going on 25, played, you know, was was brought up through Barcelona's academy, has played preseason football or played Premier League football for, um, you know, a couple of years now, just hasn't grown in his performances and that's really troubling. Um, so got to see a lot more out of him. And I, I, I'm worried about Keppa. I'm worried about Keppa. Um, you know, again, I don't, I made a lighthearted Keppa punch equals automatic goal joke on Twitter that apparently everyone uh, was upset with. It wasn't necessarily the case or so whatever. I will let it go. But, um, 
didn't really see a whole lot of like phenomenal saves in preseason. Didn't really see a whole lot of great positioning in preseason. And, you know, I think based on our goalkeeping situation, which we will talk about uh, in an unfortunate way, moving uh, into the next section, uh, I just, I don't know if anyone is pushing him to be a better goalkeeper than he was last season. And again, from like a goals conceded perspective, if we do the goals conceded like same flat year over year and we move our goals scored up by double, then we're close to top four. We're probably fifth or sixth, right? And maybe a couple breaks in games, we get into the top four. But it can't be that we're scoring more goals and conceding more goals, and I kind of feel like that's where we're going right now. Yeah, you would hope with the return of a healthy Reese James, with Ben Chilwell being back, with Levi Colwell and Thiago Silva playing on form, that that alone should contribute to a decrease in goals conceded, maybe an addition yeah. of a Moises Caicedo or someone else, you know, also helps that, you know, shield the back a little bit more. Keppa is still a question mark. And so we're going to talk about some of the replacements, some of the conversations regarding transfers and whatnot. After one last quick break, when we're back, a Keppa challenger, Moises Caicedo information, and so much more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. So you brought it up, Nick. You were talking about the goalkeeper news and the fact that Chelsea has been linked or has identified Sanchez from Brighton. Yes, Brighton, that Brighton, as a potential Never heard of number him, two. Tell, tell me more about him. <laughs> this guy, Tony Bloom, owns him. Uh, really, really tough negotiator. Did you know he made all his money playing poker? Um, <laughs> Sanchez is apparently who the club have identified as the second choice option to challenge Kepa and come in as a goalkeeper for Chelsea. I think, Nick, there is some assumption that maybe, just maybe, the fact that we would be going after Sanchez as the number two option may be directly connected to the Moises Caicedo deal and trying to help. Your, your, Your conspiracy theories are outrageous. How could you think such a thing? Yeah, the negotiation of two players with the same club where one player has a sell-on clause, so every couple of million dollars you add on, or million pounds that you add on to player two's transfer value actually doesn't go to the the club you're buying from. So if you can increase the value you sell player A for, the goalkeeper, uh, you would have more money that you'd be able to record as your profits and not have to share. Um, It's an interesting theory. Whether or not that is entirely true, uh, Remains to be seen, but Sanchez has been identified, and he is far off of his best performance or best performances over the last one to two seasons. He has been usurped by Steele as the primary goalkeeper at Brighton. He, whether or not you believe rumors or reporting, was not necessarily a great, uh, was not necessarily happy about that. Let's frame it that way. And so there are a lot of question marks. I mean, maybe what's your just reaction to it? Because we're still waiting for more news on this topic to come out. Look, he's a whole different profile of goalkeeper than Keppa. He's 6'6", in a more the Mendy type of frame. His, you know, again, I think we're, we're probably overusing player radar and player comparison tools and Twitter this offseason. But 
you know, even compared to like some keepers from league, league, uh, um, is not super inspiring in terms of confidence is basically useless with his feet, uh, which is unfortunate because that is kind of the way that Potch wants to play. I, I don't, I don't understand this at all. Um, unless it is simply, we need to get another player off of our books since you're not giving us Levi Colwell. Will you accept this six, six keeper that we no longer want as a part of the, the deal. And in that case, like whatever, who fucking cares? Like get Caicedo and worry about the rest of it later is kind of my point. Uh, but it's not exactly inspiring a whole lot of hope. I'll be honest. Well, speaking of the other name, Moises Caicedo, the late news or fan fiction, if you were, was that a <laughs> mysterious bidder has entered the race with an offer better than Chelsea's, shockingly better than Chelsea's. Ooh, this might make it difficult for Chelsea to require the player, but we will tell you, or we will tell Caicedo's camp who the mysterious bidder is. Is it Liverpool, who need midfielders? Is it a Saudi team flush with money? We don't know. Wink. <laughs> it's a deal so good, we won't tell you anything about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, here's how you know that's bullshit. If it were that good, they would have already accepted it and moved on. Um, and it turns out that they haven't and won't because it doesn't really exist. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look. It's entirely possible that another team could come in for Caicedo, but I guarantee you if it's a serious offer from Liverpool or from Saudi, we will know the name of the fucking team that comes in. It won't be a mystery bidder, okay? And certainly if Caicedo um, signed a new deal last year, he will have some sort of rights in that contract to at least be able to sort through like personal terms with the incoming team. So it's just, it's a bag of bullshit, basically. Do not read anything into that. Um, whoever briefed that, um, <clears throat> Andy Naylor, uh, you're just, you're, it's uh, a clown show. Andy, like, Andy just writes the stories. Um, you know, how he gets briefed is, is maybe a different question. Um, yeah. So let's say the, the last bit of news that we should touch on, on. is... What? One more midfielder that we should talk about. A lot of smoke around Tyler Adams right now. Um, Ooh, the U.S. Yeah, International okay. uh, would be about 20 million pounds uh, from Leeds. Is basically only a destroyer. Offers nothing moving forward. He's the U.S. captain. Um, he's a really, really good player, but is largely a support vehicle for a player like Enzo, which is why you could potentially see that working. Is great in a tackle, is fierce, is a leader. Right, has a lot of the profile that you would be looking for. Uh, has had a couple injuries in recent years. If I'm going to be, you know, completely honest about it, um, but I mean, for 20 million pounds, it's like you take a punt on me for 20 million pounds to stay with with the way player salaries are. So uh, it would be one that I would be interested if it happens in addition to something like Caicedo getting done to have the extra midfield support uh, in there for for. Uh, matches that maybe require us to have a, a deeper sitting midfielder because Caicedo's not going to ever play like a pure six and a four, three, three. He's just not that guy, but Tyler Adams is like Tyler Adams has done that plenty of times. So uh, very different player from Caicedo uh, doesn't offer anything moving forward, but is a lot of what we might require to let other players thrive. Not a lot of updates on Kudus 
Shirky or Olise at this point, so definitely feels like the noise around an attacker has gone deathly silent silent at this moment, so we'll wait to see if anything transpires there. But a forward, Nick, a forward. That's where Chelsea may be trying Mbappe? to reinforce. <laughs> Is it Mbappe? Are we doing an eight-player eight plus $100 million deal for Mbappe? Is that what's happening, Dan? No, no, no. See, they have to, uh, they have to pay us. Um, that's right we're doing the italian (laughs) model yeah we're doing the italian i like this tell me more about this model please so would would i be able to introduce you in a a dustan volvich lukaku swap where lukaku goes and we pay 40 to 50 million euros in addition to uh lukaku to get uh dustan over to chelsea uh, you may not interest me in that, Dan. In fact, you can go fuck yourself. How about that? Um, you were on one tonight. <laughs> yeah. I I read this story yesterday, and I thought it was a fake, like, sun story, like, coming from the sun. <laughs> and it wasn't. It turns out that uh, Inter's uh, gumption is, uh, is at an all-time high right now. Uh, they are feeling themselves after, you know, destroying Real Madrid or whatever in preseason. This is absolute nonsense like first of all Lukaku is a far more accomplished player uh he's on a far bigger salary uh he's done more and by the way like Inter wanted to pay for him Juventus uh now into this sorry if I said Inter earlier Inter also has a ton of gumption and no money but this is the Italian club way apparently uh We've already taken haircuts on other players. We cannot do this deal. Like, this makes no fucking sense. Vlavic isn't a player that any of us are excited about anyway. And to to pay for the privilege plus give Juventus the player that they want already is absolute fucking nonsense. In fact, uh, I would just uh, stop talking to Juve altogether after that. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Well, we did Mbappe. see quotes. Let's talk more. We did see quotes so. from Pochettino about maybe wanting a individual up top to compete or add depth for the striker position. We don't know where Bray is at, and he hasn't featured in any of the preseason matches after coming off of his ACL injury. So it would really be Bursto as the second choice striker, or using some combination of like a. In Kunku as a nine, which isn't really great, using Sterling as a nine, which isn't really great. And so there's not a lot of good options if there were an injury. And so I get why the club is looking at this position. It feels like a different profile might work better. I mean, someone like the stopgap solution who's like in the, you know, like a Giroud type signing where. They're a little more experienced. They're not going to add tons of volume, but they give you a target to work off of and play off of the same way that we can play off of Jackson with others who maybe maybe offers a little more like a holding up um, than the kind of combo play would be interesting. I just I don't know who that is. I'm just trying to think about maybe who would fit um, the really explosive and dynamic attack we have. But this deal with Juventus does not feel like a good path forward, but you could see where two clubs trying to maybe make some magical accounting magic happen uh, might be able to find a way forward. You just wish it was uh, Chelsea convincing Lukaku that one of the one of the many Saudi offers was the best path forward for all parties involved. So could be too. 
right? I mean, if this doesn't go through, there won't be any other option. So, and you know. the Saudi window is open until mid September, which uh, you know Jurgen Klopp recently was pointing out that it's a unfair advantage <laughs> that they have oh, yeah. to be able oh, to Jürgen. coach players. I, first of all, I just love Jurgen Klopp. After selling three players to Saudi, you know what's really fair, unfair advantage is they may come back for more. Like, dude, absolute, just shut up. It's just crazy. What? Well, one last note, and this is not a transfer-related thing, but uh, Pochettino did talk about Nkunku's potential injury. The doctors are checking on him, and I hope it's not a big issue. He fell in the action was maybe a penalty, definitely was a penalty, uh, and he feels something in his knee, but we hope it is nothing big. We hope he can get back quickly with the team. We need a few days to uh, assess. He said uh, on the field, there's video of him going, I'm fine, I'm fine. So hopefully this is just a precautionary thing. Bad pitch, don't want to risk it. He is coming off of uh, an injury that is you know, kind of derailed the end of or the middle of the season, I should say, and kept him out of the World Cup, which was a huge bummer. So... Uh, let's just hope that he can get uh, fully fit before Liverpool. Absolutely. Well, that is going to do it for this one. Happy birthday, Brandon Busby, by not having to record a podcast with your two favorite friends um, talking about this Dortmund match and many other things. But this is it. This is the cap on preseason. It is over. All pods now can focus on what the season in store has for us what lies ahead on Chelsea and Pochettino's journey and all of our journey for the rest of the season. But, Nick, any final words of wisdom as we cap out on this one? Uh, get a fucking midfielder in. Any Anyone? It's okay. Well, that will do it with Nick's wonderful wonderful direction on what needs to happen for Chelsea and the remainder of the transfer market but there is so much more action coming your way we've got a couple of Sam pods we've got some more famous CFC episodes we've got a couple of new guests that are going to be joining us for the first time to talk some tactics which is always exciting so stay tuned over the next couple weeks as we get ready for the Premier League season to kick off Chelsea versus Liverpool on the 13th but plenty of more pods between now and then go check out Blue Royalty we've been doing a great job covering the Women's World Cup Cup. Uh, But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.